When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. LaFondra looking to get cold side of Fon. LaFondra away from Davis. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, welcome to the Empire Royals podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. I am Alex, your host, here to talk through a 1-0 loss at Wigan. Uh, this could be any podcast, really, from like the last 15 years at Wigan, because it always feels like we lose 1-0 at Wigan, really. I've been joined today by Matt Lansley. Matt, Wigan away is rubbish. It just is. It is. I know we won last year at Wigan, but the games are always terrible. I've, I'm yet to see a good game at Wigan. Um, nothing against Wigan as a place or team. I just... We've, our trips there have just been dreadful. We've missed all the good ones, uh, the the 3-0 understand, the 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 Georgie Puskas, um, what was it, four minute fifty-eight hat trick or whatever it was. Um, yeah. I I don't really want to go back there in a hurry, I can't lie, because yeah, it's just it's a long way. Paul, there was a there was like a couple of redeeming features, I think, about going to Wigan. One was the uh pie we had before kickoff, which was okay. A pie was good. Yeah, the pie was good. And also meeting up um, with uh, the Wigan Supporters Trust was good. And they did something with members of Sell Before We Die, which was nice as well. Uh, all very friendly. Top quality people in there. Sadly, um, that's where the hospitality ended, wasn't it, Alex? Um, on the pitch, they weren't quite so open to us letting us score, which I thought was a little bit ungrateful in our position. But there we go. That's football, isn't it? Brutal. So dog eat dog world up there. Can't uh, can't be expecting too much from them, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, it probably wasn't one which people are going to look back on in a in a you know in a few months' time and be like, I was there for this one. I think unlike Port Vale last weekend, because this game was not high in quality. Um, the first thing we should look at, I guess, the team from yesterday, Paul, um, with Tom Holmes. In the lineup and Nelson Abbey not in the lineup. Tyler Binden starting alongside Tom Holmes. So obviously it confirms that Tom Holmes was indeed registered after his transfer move to Luton during the week. But it also did confirm that Nelson Abbey is is pretty much, you know, gone in terms of playing for Reading anymore. Um the rumor seems to be that he's going to be signing for Olympiacos in the next couple of days. Um the Talk. I, I mean, this none of this is confirmed yet, obviously, but the talk seems to be that it's kind of a similar situation to when Adam LaFondra left and he's being basically pushed out of the door uh, because if he doesn't go, people won't get paid, which 
it's probably not a great position to put somebody in. Brings at least a all, least all 20-year-old, yeah. you know, making yeah. their, in their first professional season. But I think he's pretty much gone at this point, isn't he? I think Sellers confirmed it after the game. and It's a disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah definitely. Like no, I think he's... Um... I think he's done, Alex. Um, I can't see him playing for Red again, which is a real shame because obviously he's got a big uh, potential. He's played well for us this season. He's had a little bit of a dip, but what young player doesn't have that? Um, he's got pace. He's surprisingly good in there for his um, height. Um, a bit like Martinez there, who played for Manchester United when he's not banned or injured. Um, but yeah... It is a real shame. That it's a bit of an odd move, I think. Uh, I'd like to know what both of you think on that one. But also you say that Tom Holmes is registered for tomorrow. Well, let's kind of hope so. Because after the Ruben Sellers gate on the touchline, anything is possible with Redmond Football Club. Who knows? We may have played a player that wasn't actually eligible to play. This is a joke, um, by the way. This yeah, is I really hope not. not. I know you're joking, but you really never know. Um, <laughs> I think in terms of the Abbey move... For me, moving to Olympiacos, like the main rumours are building, obviously, Olympiacos and Luton. And for me, moving to Olympiacos makes more sense than Luton. I know most people have got the kind of, well, who are in the Premier League in six months' time anyway, because it's going to go to Forest. If that's the case, then I'd probably pick to move to Forest over Luton anyway. So, you know, I don't know if it's... It, it does feel probably that it's agent pushed and... You know, Nelson Abbey's agent is Keir Jarabjan, so I'm really trying hard not to mention his name on this podcast, but that is his agent. It's probably been pushed that way. Um, It's unfortunate because I really think if he was here another six months and we could have activated, you know, the extension clause that Reading have got in his contract, we probably could get, you know, three times the value that we're going to get for him, but and he probably would have a lot more choice in terms of where he went. But, you know, kind of situations and circumstances seem to be dictating that that's not going to be the case so you know good luck to Abby if he goes to Olympiacos hopefully he makes a success of himself there and he doesn't end up on the kind of Nottingham Forest dumping ground as Omar Richard seems to have done well at least you have someone there that's what I was just going to say here have someone there with x-reading it'd be like you know and but the problem is yeah with Omar Richards he's obviously had a really bad injury so that, that was you know, really hard for Omar Richards. But what I was going to say is now with Nelson Abbey all but gone, uh, it moves, we're scarily close to Harley Dean returning. Obviously, we have the Tom McIntyre buffer, Matt, but um, uh, who would be your ideal pairing as centre-backs? I mean, the thought of Harley Dean coming back, I mean, I think just puts fear through everyone. Um I can't see Harley Dean coming in. I think it, it's going to be Tom McIntyre, isn't it? You know, it, well, it's going to be a mixture of Tom McIntyre and Binden, I think, along with Holmes. Um, I think I'd probably prefer McIntyre. I think um, Binden's still very susceptible to mistakes. He's 18 at the end of the day, or nearly 19. It's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be looking to fully utilise, you know, Tom McIntyre um, when he, well, now, now he's back from injury. To, to come in there and almost take um uh take take Abby's place. Um because I presume he's he's not coming back on loan, is he, Abby? I think it's just straight transfer. So yeah. No, I can't see him coming back, unfortunately. 
I'm, I'm actually a little surprised that McIntyre didn't start yesterday, in all honesty. Um, can't be that close to being fit, because I agree, I would have started him otherwise. Yeah, he's, he's been in and around, though, for quite some time now, I think. He played, um, he played, at, he played at Brighton, didn't he, in the under-21s, mm. well, the, the EFL mm. trophy game. So I'm a little surprised that he wasn't starting. Um, maybe he'll be starting next week, potentially. You know, you can kind of justify it after a loss. But it's, yeah, uh, um, that, that one kind of surprised me. Let, surely, uh, not, you... surely it's going to be McIntyre Holmes. Well, you'd think so. You'd yeah. think so, but it's... I mean, the team's been so kind of like up and down in terms of what's happened with it this season and consistency-wise. You never seem to really have had a... I mean, we have obviously got to a point where there had been a consistent 11, but that's kind of been ripped up now. Um, I It's difficult to see, you know... I, I personally think it's difficult to see Binden keeping his starting spot for the rest of the season, certainly. Let's move on to the game. Um, the first, I don't know, Matt, first 20 minutes or so, I reckon if you asked anybody who was there, yes, I think it was 9,000 people, if you asked anybody there out of the 9,000 people what happened during the first 20 minutes, I don't think anybody would be able to tell you a single thing that happened. No, there wasn't many chances, were there? Um, I mean, to be fair, Reading, Reading controlled the ball quite well, but they just couldn't really do anything with it. Um, you know, uh, th- there didn't look like there was going to be any real threat from Wigan. It looked like a a pretty standard League One game this season, right? That we've that we've watched ten times over. Um, you know, we, we we were able to nullify what Wigan were doing and, you know, we were keeping the ball quite well and, you know, knocking it about. The problem came when it when it came to actually advancing in their final third and getting that final ball in, which, you know, we were we were struggling with, um, seemingly for not only that that first 20, 25 minute spell, but for the for the whole whole game. Um, our problem really this season has been not being able to capitalise on, you know, moments like that where we where we've looked comfortable, where we've looked in control of the game. You know, and you just think you need to take advantage of these periods and games where you're on top, where you are the better team. Um, and then it, you know, it it showed when, you know, when when Wigan probably had the first proper, well, it was a really good goal they scored, but you know, the first real kind of opening, you know, in the thirtieth minute. Yeah, I mean, I think we did have the one with one kind of block chance pull uh, just before that, right? Nibs did have a. Shot. I think it's maybe a Smith. Smith laid him off, and Nibs was inside the area, and it was blocked. But outside that, I don't really think we we didn't really create. But neither did Wigan. It, it, and it did feel like Matt says that we kind of controlled the play, but we just weren't really going anywhere with it. Yeah, totally. And that was a big block there from uh, Claire, the win Wigan defender, because without that, it could well have been one nil. And who knows? Could have been talking about a totally different match, but. We just didn't really look like we were going to finish off any chances at all yesterday. It just looked a little bit limp. It wasn't that we created absolutely nothing throughout the game, because we did. We did have some actually pretty clear chances that we'd talk about, but it just wasn't coming. I, I think it's one of those games where we didn't look terrible, but... We yeah. looked very flat, though, I think. Even we though did, we, haven't, we, we haven't played for two weeks, it felt on. very, very flat. Yeah, is that a combination of not playing for a long time, or is it that sometimes we just play flat? We really do. I mean, we've seen it for years, haven't we? It's not how, just this game. How much of it is, you know, a case of some of these players, like as much as we don't want to talk about it or admit it, some of these players are 
clearly going to be thinking, well, in two weeks' time, maybe I won't be here. Yeah, like it's. Well, it, I think it's inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, so I'd, I'd you know, we, don't, we might not want to. We might not want to talk about it or, or or realize it yet. But the potential is that some of them are going to be gone in two weeks, and actually, you know, putting your putting your ninety minutes in and putting yourself around for ninety minutes at the minute might not be best for them personally. Um, well, I mean, I'd be amazed if two out of these, these three are still here by the end of the window out of Smith, Wing and Nibs. I'd be amazed if all three of them are still there. I'd be astonished because there's surely going to be clubs that definitely want Smith. Wing, we know what he's like. It kind of can do moments where it's really good and then you think, I've no idea what he's doing there. That's League One. And Nibs, probably the least likely to leave, but you just don't know, do you? Anything's possible in our scenario because we're just there to be taken apart, basically, aren't we, unfortunately, at the moment? But, yes, the goal from Wigan was fantastic. It was uh, frustratingly good, I've got to say. Yeah, could I argue think... could about the closing down, but it was a good uh, goal. I mean, watching it at the time, I don't... We are obviously at the upper end when you're in the away end at Wigan for, for where the goal goes in, Matt, but... Watching at the time, I, I didn't really think I was kind of like, oh, look, it's another long range effort, which is beaten button, which, you know, shock horror. Um, but actually, watching it, and I thought, oh, well, it's, you know, defenders haven't closed down, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But actually, it's a really quite good piece of skill um, to set uh, Asgard up for the goal. It's a, like a back heel. I don't know who actually plays the back heel. I think maybe it's Jones. Um, and he plays a back heel, back heel pass over to Asgard, who hits it from 20, 22 yards on the left-hand side. And he kind of plays it right across the goalkeeper into the far corner and it hits the side netting on the way in. It's a, it's a good goal. It's a great finish, but it's such a frustrating one to concede because obviously it's, it's, it's one again where you think, well, it's, it's not as if Reading have given up a chance six yards out there it's they've conceded from 25 yards again it's it's come from nothing hasn't it you know um even when it's out out on the left you know you've got three players um out covering on the left you've got Makari you've got Yidam and Binden I mean Makari gets gets sold through a couple of body feints um on the end gets played into the chap that does the little back heel flick around the corner around Binden um and yeah it's a really nice you know finishing in into the far corner um, you know, it's just we seem to concede a lot of these sorts of goals and kind of especially in games that that, that, are, that are close like this. I guess maybe, you know, you could say that that's kind of where where the team is at at the moment. You know, they're not a very good team. You know, that's what happens when you're down at the bottom. But, you know, you almost just want a few games or you, you, you'd want you'd want to be on the Wigan side of, you know, a game like that a few times this season because it feels like we've probably not maybe barring Cheltenham. I'd say almost Cheltenham's probably the only game this season I can think of off the top of my head where we've kind of, you know, been massively below par and kind of worse than the other team, certainly in the first half of that game. But, you know, it's just, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. And, you know, you can probably say defender should have done better, Button maybe should have done better, I don't know. But, you know, it's, yeah, like, like I say, it's just really frustrating. I mean, we kind of come back into it, Paul, after the goal and uh, before half time. We don't, I don't really think we create anything up until injury time, but we do have one massive chance uh, before injury time uh, is over with Harvey Nibs kind of 
getting a chance from six yards out from a wing cross. And at the time, we all kind of said, oh, that's really good defending, really well played. And actually, you watch the highlights, and I think Nibs has missed just an absolute like sitter, really. I think he should score, and it should be 1-1. We're going into halftime. Yeah, he's shanked the contact, contact, hasn't he? 100% there. And he knows that as soon as he did it, he reacted with frustration because he knows that's an absolutely huge chance to get it back to one all. Um yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I, Wigan have got away with that one massively because it was pretty poor defending because he has got ahead of him. And that's exactly what Lewis Wing can do. He kept on trying that ball throughout the match. And if you get the goal there from that pass, which was perfectly played to him, there was nothing, no issue there at all. We do have a very different situation, but it's kind of like a whole of yesterday. It was, it was almost good, but just not quite enough wasn't it i mean it was a frustrating day but i've got to say it was still a good day in many ways the journey up there was good wasn't it anyway Matt? it was, I mean, a, it was a fun day out for us yeah but i mean we, yeah. we talk about lewis wing and so, so many people have obviously come with up with the conclusion now that if wing plays badly reading play badly and yesterday wing did play badly so many of his crosses were poor and didn't didn't reach their intended target i think i read a stat afterwards which said we we had a success rate of, is it three out of 25 crosses or something like that? And it, it felt pretty much like that was spot on the money because we were so poor um, mm. at, at kind of finding a target in the box, Matt. I mean, even even the the, the cross ball that you mentioned for the, for the Nibs chance at the end of the first half, that was blocked and deflected up and up and over and kind of why it fell so nicely down, down to Nibs. I mean... Yeah, the crossing from from open play from set pieces was just shocking all around. You know, every single cross hit the first man, didn't didn't go over. And those, I, I think there was one or one or two that did go over. And my God, you know, they nearly landed on the corner flag. The crossing was shocking, utterly dreadful yesterday. You know, and a lot of that was coming from wing. Um, I kind of feel like he was almost trying to do too much. And then when he was trying to do too much, he was then you know almost you know making even more more mistakes we were talking about it at the game like I know I, I guess there's a feeling that wing has to stay on you know the pitch because he can't or, or, or well because we can't afford to take him off because he's that person that can do something and he's that spark that can do something out of nothing but I mean if it, if, if it was me yesterday I probably would have would have taken him off because I kind of feel like he was becoming more of a hindrance yesterday you know unfortunately it, he, he's got the quality to do some special things but yesterday was wasn't his day I mean, one of the major issues, I think, with Lewis Wing, Paul, is that when he does, you know, start a game poorly, he'll keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. And actually, it just makes things worse because he doesn't then do the simple stuff and he's trying to, like, overcomplicate what he needs to do. Yeah, that is probably true. And that's probably why he's in League One. But let's remember, he has also had some good games. I don't want to turn us into a slaughtering of him because, you know, he's he's had some performances when he's he's tried exactly those passes like he was trying yesterday against Oxford for Sam Smith. He did it for that cross against Cheltenham. He's done it. So he, he has had moments when he's been really good. But yeah, yesterday it just wasn't happening for him. But, you know, if Nib scores... He's got an assist straight away <clears throat> and his mentality changes, doesn't it? You know, he goes into the dressing room and he's thinking, OK, I'm in this now. You know, it wasn't lack of effort. It's, it's, he's trying everything he can, but we don't have any player who's got that kind of vision in kind of the way he has. And 
it's frustrating. People say, oh, maybe you give Savage a chance, but Savage can't play like that. And Savage, when he's comes on, he's a frustrating player. Again, I mean, I use that word a lot, frustrating, because it was basically that kind of day yesterday, and I think it's still annoying me slightly. But I, I we kept him on. I think both me and Alex thought that was the way forward. But I get what you're saying. If we had a better squad, I would agree with you, Matt. But we just don't have the other options. And he's the only one. Without him, I don't think we create much at all with anything that isn't just really basic football. I think it gives you that little bit more of intricacy. I mean, we started the second half ball and I don't necessarily think we had intricacy at the start of the second half, but it did feel like Reading were being given the game almost, I guess, by Wigan and we were creating opportunities and it did feel like Reading were going to basically dominate the entire second half because Wigan essentially just sat back. They were quite happy to just sit with, you know, basically nine nine men behind the ball or ten men behind the ball uh and let let us play. Yeah, but that's it didn't true. Really, it didn't really today, amount yeah. to like a golden chance, I don't think, in that first what, twenty minutes or so. We didn't create something where no, it was like not in the first twenty minutes, but in the whole if you say over the whole of the second half, they definitely gave away a couple of chances that you think, you know, on another day, there's at least one goal. So I think it was a combination of Wigan sitting back. But also because they didn't want to give that space to Aziz that we've really benefited from in the last month or so or two months when he when he's behind the defender, when Wing can play that pass. And yesterday there was no space there in the second half at all. And that really kind of negates a lot of our play. So I think it was also a combination of us actually pushing them slightly back. I don't think we played amazing because we didn't, but I don't think we were that bad. But what did you think the first 20 minutes, Matt? As you kind of said, frustrating because you know I feel like we controlled the game. Like, well, well, it's it's difficult to say we controlled the game because I like like say Wigan did just sit off massively. Um, chances we did have that one chance I think early on in the second half where where Tickle I think he dropped it the Wigan goalkeeper um, as well, which I don't really know, actually know what happened because again we were right up the other end of the pitch and there's seemingly no highlights of it. But um, I have a feeling it might have come to Makaru or someone and and headed in and yeah like keeper makes an absolute mess of it um but you're just kind of thinking again there just like you just need a one of those scrappy moments to just go your way in a game like yesterday because it, it was just one of those games where nothing really would come off that Reading were trying you know any any sort of play if you're trying to play a bit slower pull out pull out Wigan and try and pass around them wasn't coming off if you're trying to you know stick it long up to Smith wasn't working he was completely covered and didn't have the runners off him and when you're playing it down the wings you didn't really have anyone either well not on the end of the crosses because the crosses into the box were just dreadful anyway um just yeah there was a lot of frustration um I think just watching that game um and it's one of those which yeah you just wanted wanted something scrappy to go in and I mean, I, I don't think we really created anything of, you know, note until that last 10 minutes. And weirdly, it didn't really happen until um, Batman came on, Paul, in the last 10 minutes and, and played on the on the left-hand side of that attacking three. And all of a sudden, we created two pretty good opportunities in that last 10 minutes, and both of them came from his side, which I wasn't really expecting because he hasn't really played there or even come off the bench to play there yet this season particularly. So I was quite surprised that that, that was the case. Uh, the first one was a 
kind of a, a low low cross driven into Nibs, who who tries to place it the ball onto his right foot as it's come across him instead of hitting it early with his left foot. He's waited in for the ball to come across to him on his right foot and he's ended up just hitting it straight at the keeper. Um, I think it's, it's another chance for Nibs where he probably should be doing a lot better than that. Uh, we, you know, we've mentioned the fact that yesterday was very frustrating and one of the main things with the frustration, I think, was the fact that every chance that we did get felt so weak. It, it wasn't a case of like the chance was difficult or impossible to score from it, but there was just no conviction behind any of the shooting yesterday, unfortunately. No, no, there wasn't. And yeah, Kelvin did make an impact. He obviously had one later on as well. But um, yeah, I was surprised to see him do so kind of, I wouldn't say he did amazing there, but the pullback for Nibs there was nice. The way he creates himself a chance towards the right, towards the end of the match was also good for him because <clears throat> I know he doesn't score, but he hasn't really actually had much impact in the last, I don't know, six weeks or so. I would say as a player. So it's good that he's had the opportunity and come on and did something positive. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't meant to be yesterday at all. Thoughts on Ian Bishman coming out and all coming on and playing left wing though, because uh, like we've I got no one else really to play to. there, but it's yeah. Like what, what other option do you have when you, when you end up at the last 10 minutes or so and you're behind, I, I can appreciate that, you know, maybe you put Vickers on. But it's. It, I think the problem is is that when we don't play Ian Bishman or we don't bring him on, you end up with people complaining that Sellers' tactics are not... Like, he hasn't tried to go for a win or he hasn't tried to get the draw. And, I, I you know, I think at least he's pushing to play a second striker. And, you know, I don't think... It's not like we changed the system or anything when he came on. The system was the same, but at least he's trying to to push players in in an attacking mold. I mean, the other substitutions, you know, maybe we can debate as to whether they were particularly attacking. But um, yeah, I, I I think he made some impact yesterday. He's inconsistent though when he does play, so it's it's not like we can expect this every time he comes off the bench or anything. But um, yeah, I, I was. Sort of impressed with him yesterday, which I was surprised by given he was on the left. Yeah, I was just going to say, sorry, I was going to say about Binden in the second half. He really struggled. He definitely did. And he gave away that massive chance for Matt Smith, didn't he, to have that chip over Button. And Button's feet were slow, really slow there, Matt. I just want to know your thoughts on David Button and his goalkeeping. Because he did make one other good save from a header, didn't he? From a uh, free kick. So... You're, what's, what's you're just the you're dangling the fishing rod out and you, you're just wanting me to chomp Hoping on it. the bear there, Paul. Literally. I am like, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I mean, if you if, if you watch the highlight back, it's quite comical, really, how he's in so much how, how he's in so much trouble. He's like he's a five at five goalkeeper there and not like a professional goalkeeper. He's literally on his the edge of his six yard box. I don't really know why we're gonna try to chip it there, to be honest. It's a dreadful decision really for them because they were two on two and they decided to chip it from 35 yards and somehow buttons found his way almost stumbling into his own net but however anyway. ultimately he did keep us in the game because they're they're uh, two times they attacked in the entirety of the second half one time was that chip shot which you were just discussing and the other time when they created a header 
and Button gets down low into the corner and keeps it out. And those are the only two really times that we're going to end up in our final third the entirety of the second half until like the 92nd minute when the game's over. Yeah, it's a pretty standard save, though, the one like the the, the, the header down to his right. I mean, if he's not saving that, he might as well not not be there. Um, I mean, you know, when you watch it back, it's like it, it, it looked like a much better save when I was there than when I actually watch it back because it's there's no power to the header, you know. So, but it's his job at the end of the day to keep us in the game. So, you know, if if he can if he can if he can save more more shots and you know like actually do some saves, then fantastic. But you know, he went down slower than an iron, didn't he? But I've got to say that that was some effort there to get that. Um, and I'm glad I managed to get in because that just that 90 seconds, just uh, I enjoyed it anyway. <laughs> So it was a bit of a long journey back, but I still I had mean, a good day out, didn't we? So. The only the only other chance we should discuss briefly is that last A Betterman chance, which isn't in the highlights. So if you weren't at the game, you probably won't have seen it. But he cuts in from the left hand side and ends up what ten yards out, I think. Matt yeah. hits it with his right foot, and he ends up trying to put it in the near post for some reason. I have absolutely no idea why, because if he puts it across to the far post, it's, I want to see this back. It's not, it's not a gaping yeah. opportunity. It's not like an obvious goal, but. I, I I think he's tried to catch the goalkeeper out and just try and smash it near post, but Tickler's just not moved. Um, you know, the far the far post might have been covered and maybe that's why he goes near post. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel like he's trying to catch the goalkeeper, catch the goalkeeper out. I mean, it's 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 a good save. Um, you know, he's a good shot stopper, seemingly tickle. Um, you know, I think the, the rest of his game I think leaves a bit to be desired for for, for Wigan, but you know, I I think he he certainly kept Wigan more in the game than you know Button, so you know he he won the duel of the goalkeepers that that time. It was just bitterly disappointing because like when Ian Bishman was running across the box because he took a while to take the shot as well. He was running across and you were just thinking, come on, come on, just 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 get in, just 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 do it, and it just never came. Yeah, that was full time. One 0 loss. Uh, Wigan obviously pull away from us in the table slightly. I think they're now eight points ahead of us in the table. Uh, we do have a game in hand, obviously, after last week. Um, after last week's abandonment. But that is starting to prove to be, you know, a bit of a gap, really, to Wigan now, who's sitting 13. Exeter did pick up a point yesterday as well. We've got a game in hand on them, but we're now four points behind them and seven behind Shrewsbury, who sacked their manager, two games in hand against them. The games in hand make this very kind of like, uh, mixed in terms of what the table really looks like um, because we're also seven behind Port Vale, but they've got a game in hand on us. It gets very like, messy down there with, with how many games teams have played. Um, but yeah, it's 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 one of those games yesterday, Paul, where eventually it was going to happen because I think we look at the, you know, the run of form that we had been on, it was like one loss in nine or something and we'd scored in every game since late October and Eventually, like we were going to have an off day, I think, in the day when we, you know, played badly and lost. Um, yeah, maybe. But did we play badly yesterday? I don't think we did. Did we have chances yesterday when we could have scored? Yeah. Were there high quality chances? Any of them? I'd say fairly high quality. The Nibs one just before, you know, the end of the first half, very high quality, that one. You'd expect to score that quite frequently. Did we give away a whole bucket of chances? No. Were we outplayed? No. Um, if you look at that over the last two months, I think probably we've played similar that 
to that in a lot of those games and actually managed to score. So I don't think the performance was that different, Matt. What would you say? Very much echo. You know, I don't I, I don't think it was it was terrible. I mean, it wasn't brilliant, but you know, I, I, I really don't think we deserved to lose yesterday. You know, I think, I think we, we created, you know, if we limited Wigan to, you know, a very, a very few number of kind of half chances, really. Um, yeah. It, it, it's one of those, which, you know, you play again, you probably win, you know, seven out of 10 times, but you know, we were on a good run away from home. What was it? Four unbeaten as well. I think, you know, three draws in a row, I did kind of have the feeling going going to the game, like you know, it's we're probably due a loss, um, and um, I don't really want it to be at the end of a four hour trip up to Wigan. But you know, it's yeah, you know, it did kind of kind of feel like feel like it was going to come. But yeah, I, I Tuesday will be an interesting game against Derby, I think, because you know the the games are coming thick and fast. We've got some big games coming up now as well. Um, that Derby game, you know, if you can get a point out of that, that would be a very good point. You know, Derby absolutely flying at the moment. They're probably favourites, I'd almost say, to sneak into that automatic playoff race. They've really gone kind of under the radar with with with, with their manager, Paul Warren. Not overly liked by Derby fans, but, you know, if we can get a result there and then you've got a massive game against, you know, Leighton Orient. But again, they're, just, they're flying. There's a lot of big oh. games coming up, though, aren't they? They're all big games yeah. in a minute, I'll be honest. Like you look at the next five, none of them are against teams around us. But then after that, we've got Fleetwood, Shrewsbury, and Carlisle straight away. Yeah, pretty much back to back. And it's like if you pick up seven points or nine points from those games, like the table look completely different again. So it's it's so difficult to kind of say, oh, well, you know, this game is big and this game isn't big because it feels like every game is going to be big now until the end of the season, really. Yeah, and the advantage of League One is. It's so unpredictable. You really can see a team right down the bottom beating the teams at the top. It's not like some leagues you think it's just really unlikely, but the quality level in general is quite low, so the difference is uh, minimal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when we're playing these teams, especially like a mid-table and, and you know teams in the even going up to maybe like you know seventh, eighth in the table. There's not a lot of difference between a team which sits seventh and a team which sits nineteenth in this league. In all honesty, I think the key, um, I mean, the key will be who we can keep. You know, if we can start or keep yeah. competing with those th- those things, because I think you know, I think the team shown on many occasions that this season, you know, even even I guess you know, some people might like not like not like it, but even yesterday, you know, they've shown enough to kind of get something out of the game yesterday. They've just been quite unlucky and kind of nothing really fell. I mean, there's only there's only eight points between. Or there's only eleven points between ninth and twentieth, so it's there's not a lot in it really in this league whatsoever. Um, yeah, that's it for this episode of Elmpot Rules. We'll be back on Wednesday. The game is on Tuesday, I'm sure, um, against Derby. So we'll be back on Wednesday to record our thoughts on that game, and we'll be back on Thursday with a preview of the Leighton Orient game and we'll be back on Sunday with a review of the Leighton Orient game. So, you know, we're just everywhere all the time and you can get your fix of us talking about Reading FC, even when we lose, especially when we lose. If you've enjoyed today's episode, uh, do drop us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And until then, have a great week and up the ding. Cheers. <laughs>